In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we read the gospel of the feeding of the five lo- of the feeding of the multitudes of the five loaves and the two fish. <clears throat> and I wanted to reflect on this morning <clears throat> what was the purpose of this miracle? Because of course we know that the Lord he performed miracles, but each miracle was for a different purpose. Sometimes in order to glorify in order to glorify God, in order to manifest himself, in order to show his authority against evil. So what was the reason for um, for his for the uh, for the miracle of this morning? If we look at um, in the Gospel of Saint Matthew, in reference to the the feeding of the four thousand, we read, "I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way." So what I want to reflect on is compassion, that the purpose of the miracle of the feeding of the multitudes was because of the compassion of the Lord on the people. And of course, this was a miracle that affected not just 5,000. We know that this was 5,000 men, not including men, uh, women and children. And we know that in the Gospels, the Lord, he teaches us about compassion several times. But one of the times in which he speaks to the people as through a parable about compassion is the Good Samaritan. And this, the story of the Good Samaritan reveals to us what are some of the characteristics that fight against compassion, and then what are the characteristics that, um, that uh, open the heart for compassion on others. If we look at the three people from the, good, the story of the Good Samaritan, we have the priest, the Levite, and the, and the Samaritan. The priest, when he came by, it says, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. This is the busy, the uncaring person. And then the Levite, it says, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and then passed by on the other side. This is the curious person. And then there is the Samaritan, where it says, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. This is the compassionate person. Now, we all like to think that we fall under, if we had to pick one of the three, we're going to pick that we're the compassionate one. But it's not that we are like in a permanent state of being compassionate people. But within a day, within a week, within a minute, we can express all three persons, being the busy, uncaring person, being the curious person, and being the compassionate person. Um, When we look at each one, the first one, again, the priest or the busy, uncaring person in the story of the Good Samaritan, if we look at the gospel reading for today, of today, we read that when the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. In the gospel of St. Mark, 
it, it's, it says the same thing, but then at the end it says, send them out for they have nothing to eat. So the disciples didn't have negative intentions. They, they recognized and were aware that the people were probably very hungry. And so they felt, they felt bad and said, okay, well, let us, let, we're going to let you leave as if they were holding the people there against their will. But this is the busy part of us. Um, it's when we, um, in, in the case even like the disciples, it's that we don't like interruptions in our lives. We don't have time to deal with them. And when we find ourselves with more time and less busy, we find ourselves being more compassionate or being able to be more compassionate. Imagine if when you're running late for an event, right? Like if, let's say I'm running late for a wedding and I go and, and, and I'm already anxious and like we have to start on time and so forth. And so uh, there can't be any interruptions. We have to go and we have to get started. There's no time for me to be compassionate to others. There's no time for me to engage or to care for others. But we find ourselves that if we're, if we're early to an event, how are we in those times? We go to everyone, hey, how are you? How's it going? And we're willing to, to give them all of the time to give them our attention, to be caring and to be compassionate. And we'll, we'll reflect in a little bit as to why that's even important that, um, that it is something that is important for us to, to give, grant to each other this compassion. And the same thing we do sometimes with our kids. We are busy, we can't afford interruptions. And so because of that, I cannot be compassionate. We say, look, just follow the rules. Just do what I say so that everything can move smoothly. Right? Go to bed when I say go to bed. Do the eat when I say go to, when I say eat. That way, life is just easy. I can't, I don't have time for interruptions. If the disciples got what they wanted, which was to not have any interruptions, then the, the multitudes would have, would have left. And this is, this is unfortunately the result of the, the, busy, the busy person, the uncaring person, is that we find that people will feel that, we, that uh, they are a bother to us. And we, lose, and we lose that person. The curious person, or the Levite, again, that he came and looked and passed by on the, on the other side. This is worse, right? He came and looked and, um, and walked by. The disciples, they asked the Lord different questions. Like, how did, this, how did this happen? Why did this happen? But why do the disciples have the right to ask this question to the Lord? Why is it that this is not curiosity? It is because that the disciples were prepared to act on uh, whatever the Lord instructed them to do. They were ready to participate and to labor to manifest this compassion on the people on behalf of the Lord. So they asked, they probably wouldn't understand how the food was multiplied, but again, the Lord said to them, 
have them sit down in groups of 50, and they did so. The, the distinction between curiosity and compassion is that curiosity only asks but does not act. And compassion does not ask but acts. Again, curiosity only asks but does not act and compassion does not ask but acts. So the Levite saw the beaten man, looked at him, and walked by. It's like, um, you know, when you're, when you're driving on the highway and there's this major traffic, right? And, uh, and you're like, there must be like a massive, you know, accident or something. And then you find out that actually the road is clear. There's just like someone pulled over on the side. Why? Because of curiosity. We're not ready, or maybe it's a fender bender or something. We're not prepared to get out of the car to, to see if the person needs any help. We're not, we just, we, we want to get to our destination, yet we're, we're willing to slow down and cause traffic in order to satisfy our curiosity. And God forgive you if you do that, if you, because we get stuck in traffic. Today, the Lord didn't ask if the people were hungry. He didn't ask them. He just assumed in the same way that, yes, the disciples assumed. But in this case, the Lord, he acted without even needing to ask because he sensed, he knew. And so there is the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, the compassionate person that came, he came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion, compassion. The first point is that compassion grants equality without measure of virtue. As we know that Christ, he took on all of the characteristics of mankind except sin. So he experienced hunger. He fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. And of course, if we were Jesus and we fasted for 40 days, right, and we have our children who can't maybe survive more than five hours without food, we would say, listen, kid, I fasted for 40 days you can last a little bit longer. So stop complaining. But Jesus, he didn't want to leave the people hungry, even though that they were with him for a day. And in the case of the Good Samaritan, he had compassion on his enemy. He gave relief to the weak. The weak who would normally reject the Samaritan. But maybe because of his compassion, he realizes that maybe my hatred is unjustified. Maybe I can be relieved to actually know that the one I reject, I don't need to guard myself against. And so when we grant compassion to others, we can really only do so if we ourselves um, are given compassion or others are compassionate towards us. None of us are, are not... Um, None of us are without the need for compassion. We meet people, whether they're 10 years old, 30 or 50 years old, and we decide based on our interaction with that person in that moment whether or not they deserve compassion. We sort of set these standards in our minds of, well, you're this old, so I expect that you should be at this, you know, at this level, or you are... You are this, so I, we, I expect this. So for you, to, 
for you to fall through in, in such a way is it's not really acceptable. And so many times we don't look um, we don't look to others um, thinking about how far they have come in their lives, but how much more they need to do or how much how much more they need to improve in their life. Imagine the Levite looking at the Samaritan and saying, well, they deserve to die anyway, you know? Or God forbid, he says, well, because he's a, uh, you know, maybe God did this because of his condition or because of who he is. And so we many times, uh, again, won't look to people and say, well, maybe they just went through a very difficult life that, again, not looking at how far these people have come in our lives. And there's a nice story about, um, or an analogy or an example of how the Lord himself would even look to, uh, look to us and how we have to th think about when we interact with people, people whether they're old, young, uh, no matter what their circumstances are, whether they're virtuous, whether they're Christian or not, how, how valuable they are in the eyes of God. That he gives this example of a potter who makes very beautiful and ornamented vessels that will be used for, for dinner for the kings and emperors. And when he is done fashioning them, he'll use the remaining clay to form vessels for uh, simple things things to help around uh, maybe pots, um, basic utensils, things that ugly vessels can be used for. And so regardless of whether the pottery is adorned or whether the pottery is ugly, the potter, he prays just as much for the beautiful vessels as he does for the ugly vessels because he still needs to use them. They, it, there's still a value to them. And so he puts them into the fire and prays for all of them to come out of the fire, that all of them are in need of compassion. And so what this analogy is saying is that Christ sees each of us as his created children, the virtuous and the less virtuous. Both must ent enter the fire, fire. Both are in need of compassion. And so we're called also to be compassionate in the same way, virtuous or not virtuous, adorned or ugly, that we are called to be compassionate upon, upon everyone. The other point of compassion is that compassion uses the gifts of God. It uses the gifts of God that are granted also to mankind. There's a, a story of, of an, um, a brother in a mona in living in a, a monastic life. He goes to his elder and he confesses about a struggle. And so this elder, he gives him a very sort of severe penance to live in isolation. And this brother constantly felt guilty and overwhelmed because he couldn't fulfill even the penance that the elder gave him. And so this brother went to another elder because he was so overwhelmed. And um, he told him everything that happened. And this elder said, look, you're not bound to 
what this elder told you, the elder is bound to the penance. And, I'll, and the story will eventually tell us what that means. But So when the other elder found out about what was advised, in his humility, he immediately went to serve this penance that he had given the brother. And he went and lived in isolation and so forth. And so when the other elder found out about this, he went and he said, I, gave, I said this to the brother to comfort him, to console him, because he was really overwhelmed. And he said, no, you're right, I, it is, I should serve this, this penance. And so he said, how about if I give you another penance? And so he says, okay. So he says, I want you, you can only eat one meal a week. But it was known that this elder, who was just given this new penance, already had that ascetic practice. So what is the point? Is that The point is that the, the elder, he's telling the other elder, God gave you this gift, use this gift. Use the ascetic practices that, you are, that you're capable of doing. You gave a penance the person is not capable of doing. God gave him a gift. He just needs to use the gift. And so many times we can be, um, we can be harsh on others without, and forgetting that God has given them a gift and that person needs to use that gift. I myself have a gift and I need to use these gifts. The Good Samaritan used what he had to treat the beaten man. He had oil and wine, and that's what he used. He didn't try to find some really cool option out there to figure out how to treat him. The same, with, the same thing with the disciples. The disciples used what they had, which the Lord gave them. The Lord gave them bread and fish. The Lord could have changed the bread and fish to uh, you know, steak and mashed potatoes. It could have been anything. But he, gave, he used what he had. The Lord used what was there. And then the last point is that God is the source of compassion. He is the source of compassion. Uh, St. Macarius, he lived in a tomb for three years. And when he came to leave, uh, of course, like one of the open, like an open tomb, right? Uh, and when he came to leave, the body of the dead man stopped him and said, I'm not letting you leave. And he said, okay, why? And so he said, well, because I have, I have suffered many afflictions. And ever since you came and stayed here, I have, I have been, been feeling peace. And so he's worried that if St. Macarius leaves the tomb, then he's going to go back to facing many afflictions. And so a voice spoke to the dead man and said, let the man of God leave. For if small acts of righteousness had not been found in you so that because of them pity might be taken on you, 
God would not have sent his servant to spend these three years in this tomb in order that because of him, pity might be taken on you. So he's saying here that the voice is saying to the dead man, St. Macarius didn't just happen to come and stay here. Or this wasn't just a fluke in the system that because he came, that just because he came to the tomb, all of a sudden, now you don't, you don't suffer any affliction. The voice is saying that the Lord in his compassion, who is the source of compassion, he is the one who, who finds even the small amounts of righteousness in you, and that is what gives you peace. Not the source of St. Macarius, but God is the source who sent St. Macarius to do that. So the voice is comforting him, saying, God is compassionate, and God will continue to be compassionate even if, he is try even if he's finding the smallest, um, the smallest ounce of righteousness in you. And he gave this other example before, or analogy of this, of this vendor who, you know, is on the streets and you go to this vendor and they try to sell you something. They say, listen, I gave you a really good deal. And then the customer kind of has a sad countenance, a sad face. And so the vendor gives a little bit of the money back and says, uh, you know, here, take, take a little back. And then the customer leaves happy because he... Uh, because the, the vendor had compassion on him. And so if people can manage to do this, how much more will God's compassion be moved when we stand and our actions stand before God unhappily before him? But in his love, he grants us a little virtue to gladden the soul. So the Lord himself is the source of compassion. The Lord himself seeks to be compassionate on us because of his great love. May the Lord grant us a compassionate heart to fight busyness and to fight curiosity so that the gifts of God may be given to mankind. To him be the glory both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen. Blessed are they.